1: Sports betting landscape
2: from coast to coast. This is Betting Across America on v the sports betting network.
4: It is Betting Across America right here on v presented by BetMGM. Dave Ross alongside Wes Reynolds, hour number one in the book. And I got to say, we are really looking forward to hour number two because we knew at the top of this hour we were going to have the host of My World with Jeff Jarrett podcast with Conrad Thompson, Jeff Jarrett himself. But I can't do the intro as good as you can, Wes.
2: That is only one uh, our description of yeah. our guest, Jeff Jarrett, here. He is the chosen one. Okay. He is the king of the mountain. All right. He is a six-time NWA Six world time. champion. Four-time WCW champion. WWF intercontinental champion. TNA Hall of Famer. WWE Hall of Famer. And overall Bon Vivant, Double J, Jeff Jarrett. Jeff, good to have you with us, man. Oh, Dave, I smell a, a little like
1: Kiss... I won't say the word, but uh, we left a couple of weeks ago. Old slap nut Wes is trying to get in my (laughs) uh, good, great. We got a big matchup. My Titans are going to own his Colts. Uh, Dave, you look great today. Wes, I can't say so much. I'm I'm sorry.
2: Look, I was trying to lay down for Jeff Jarrett like he did for (laughs) Hulk Hogan at Bash at the Beach. You know, lay down right clean in the middle of the ring here, and
4: then I get called a slap nut.
2: How I about that?
4: I absolutely love the way this, this has started off here, Jeff. Great to have you back in the program. Look, last time we had you on, we had a lot of fun talking SEC football. We got to pick it up right there. And you put out there in the Twitter world, and when Wes and I do this, you know, we get flack. People are like, "Wow, you like this game? You like Vandy. And, Jeff, not only do you like Vandy, you like a money line today. What is going on uh- with that pick?
1: Well, the Commodores, obviously, I'm from right outside of Nashville, so I have grown up through the ups and the downs and the all-arounds, and the James Franklin days are well in our rearview mirror. Uh, but you know what? Coach Wade, he, he's he got to have a win. This is really his last opportunity to get an SEC win. Both teams losing records. Uh, I, but I just think the Commodores always miraculously sometimes uh, pull one out. I just don't see them going – you know, uh, another season without a sec victory Mizzou a couple of weeks ago when Tennessee went up spanked them, you can tell they can be scored upon quickly. I'm not saying Vanderbilt's another Tennessee, uh, by any stretch of the imagination, I'd get in trouble if I did say that, but <laughs> I do I, I, uh, again, both losing records. It's that time of year, guys, we're almost in November. You know, my daughter came up the steps today and she said here in Nashville, it's cold, rainy and about 50. She said, dad, perfect weather. And I, I'm a summer guy. I like to get out on the lake and sunshine and beach and all that. And she goes, it's just that time of year, you know, the world series on college football's in gear, Michigan state, Michigan. Can you believe both those teams are undefeated, but I got to go with my local Commodores, I think. I don't think, I know they're going to pull one
4: out. I mean, that's, look, he's eschewing the 17, Wes, right? And that's how mm-hmm. confident Double J is well, that the Commonwealthers get that win today.
2: Well, when you look at the Mizzou side, though, they're 126 in total defense in all of FBS. They're giving up almost 500 yards at 489 here. And I know Vandy's offense, Clark Lee in his first year coming in as the coordinator from Notre Dame, not much to write home about. But I surely would not be laying the no. points with the Tigers here on the road. They are 0-11, or 0-10, actually against the spread on that run. And sometimes I think we overrate ATS records and whatnot, but there's something there. There's some dare-dare with Missouri here with that bad defense.
4: Absolutely love that. And again, I like the fact that that Double J says, you don't even need the 17, but if you want him as a backup, maybe that's the way to go. But I actually like that call there. All right, Jeff, let's stay in the SEC here. And I believe, and we've said this before, if you switch a pick before kick, that's okay. Did you switch a pick? that you gave on Twitter?
1: I did, and you know, the, the reason being, I'm just gonna give a little wrestling analogy. I truly believe Lane Kiffin is the biggest heel in all <laughs> of college football, not just SEC, the biggest heel in all of football. But when he walks into Auburn, I mean, Auburn, you know, I think they are so flying so far under the radar, they can really control their destiny. If they march along and, All the chatter is Georgia and Alabama and, uh, you know, all that. But, you know, the iron ball's not not that far off. Uh, It's going to be a battle of the quarterbacks. Knicks had uh, a hiccup earlier in the year. Uh, Was it, I think, against Georgia State. But, um, you know, we saw a couple of weeks ago against the UT, or I certainly did. The QB for Ole Miss is is for real. But I just really think I'm going to flip-flop. Maybe from a hill to a baby face here. The baby faces are going to go over. They're winning at home. Tough to go in Auburn, um, and I just think Kiffin's going down. Well, I'll say this: I damn sure hope he does.
2: <laughs> Jeff, Jeff is turning baby face here because I am on the Auburn tires. War eagle, Jeff. Absolutely, I think Ole Miss. Okay. They've had so many emotional games, having to go play. Uh, say our Kiffin's mentor Saban in Alabama, then having that shootout with Arkansas that came right down to that missed two point conversion. Then they had to go to Knoxville where they had all the projectiles thrown, the, right? the mustard. mustard, uh you know, the French's. <laughs> I don't know if it was French's or gray Poupon or what it was, but it was thrown on the been field. A rough economy. Then, been French's. then of course they had the uh, Eli Manning uh, re- Jersey retirement day last weekend. So it's like, okay, well, we got to put an effort because that means a lot to our fans. Now it's like, are you running on fumes a little bit? You've played so many of those emotional games.
1: Wes, they, wait, they, I, I, I can't believe we're in agreement. Dave, <laughs> this doesn't need to happen very often. I just got to tell you this, but I think, we're, but they're beat up as well on both sides of the ball. So, wow, we see eye to die, the old your uh, man.
2: <laughs> yes, ab- absolutely. uh. uh it makes for strange bedfellows, right. Jeff. Here, right. so uh, oh. you know, sometimes uh, you get those weird, uh, those weird tag teams here, where it's like partners randomly together. I'll use a WWE announcer terminology. Can we coexist, Jeff? Can we coexist? <laughs>
4: Superpowers align. Who would have thought? <laughs> so far, so good between you two, Jeff. So let's see if you can go three and zero with slap nuts over here. <laughs> what about Kentucky? You like the money line today?
1: Yes. Now, Kentucky, by week, they got beat up, pushed around at Georgia. I don't think Stoops is going to take that kindly. I think he's just an incredible coach. I think he's going to come back strong. Mississippi State, what are they, four and three? I I just think Stoops is going to be ready. They've only got that one loss. Um The program is, you know, uh, for us to say that the program's turned around. It's long been turned around. I I just think they're they're, going to come in heavy. They're going to come in hard. And and the Wildcats, um, Stoops has got them ready. They're going to be real interesting to see the rest of the year as we get into bowl season. Just where Kentucky's going to go. But I, I definitely think they got the Bulldogs today.
2: He turned heel on me here oh, because I do lead Mississippi state man. for all the reasons. Jeff gave great reasons with Kentucky and obviously they're off a bye. They've covered every number against an FBS team this year, covering by about seven and a half a game. And look, Mississippi state came off that uh, blowout win over Vanderbilt. And they're pretty much, obviously now Mike Leach is putting his air raid system in there. So it's like, this is a pretty much a pass exclusive attack here mm-hmm. that they are running. So, uh, You know, Mississippi State, I do think that this is a coin flip game, but I do lean them a little bit here because I wonder when you have a bye week like Kentucky did, when you're playing well and all of a sudden you're rolling, the last thing you want to do is to, like, have a week off. You don't want that momentum to be gone. So this is a coin flip game that I do think can go either way. Remember uh, Ole Miss, uh, or excuse me, Mississippi State, they only had two points in lexington last year as mike leach tried mm. to uh, bring that air raid Didn't to the work. sec we'll see if it works long term it is at least better this year than it was
4: last year jeff we do got to pick your brain here a little bit when we project forward here in the sec and you look at the top two again we expect alabama to be right back in there despite the one loss uh, against georgia when you look at that potential matchup in the sugar bowl which way does the double j lean i think
1: georgia I, like today, I, their their biggest opponent right now is between their six inches between their ears. Alabama is losing. I just they're looming on them, and and Georgia's got so much football uh, left to play. Uh, the world's largest cocktail uh, cocktail party uh, happening today, but but I just think. Saban, and I said it last time I was on there, when that field goal went through, mm. uh, I, I just think Kirby and Georgia fans and I think fans across the na- nation said, this loss for Bama, if there's going to be a time, it just happened at the right time. And Saban's going to get him back on track. And I just see uh, old Nick, and uh, he's uh, now, what is he, 70? That big birthday party Boy, this week? It. Boy, it's it's just incredible. But But, I mean... It just the, everything, the infrastructure, both sides of the ball, how they begin to just get better week in, week out. I know I sound like a, a damn promoter. Oh, imagine that. But, no, I just <laughs> think, I think it's going to roll right through it. And uh, Georgia, uh, I, I'm I'm excited to see today's game. I think they're going to cover. Uh, but, but man, um, Florida, they have uh, pooped in the bed. So um, but But I still say, Georgia's, they're just, they've, they've, uh, they've got their work cut out uh, today, but I think they'll come second half, little uh, in-game adjustments, and they'll be fine.
2: So, Jeff, uh, you're liking Georgia over Florida and the cocktail party down in Duval today. Do you see any kind of shaky spot on the schedule? Look, on paper, it looks pretty easy for the Bulldogs going forward, but we know in the SEC, it's never that easy. You always get that one game that's too close for comfort, or do you think Georgia, it's just, you know, almost like a free pass to Atlanta at this standpoint?
1: It's a, I think it's a free pass. I think talent wise, they are head and shoulders above, uh, great coaching staff, but, but I, I, I don't think there's, they just don't, there's not a team. It's, 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 it's Bama it's it's georgia and then i think you do have a uh noticeably drop all great teams um you know th- that 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 middle tier uh till you get down around the the Mizus and the Vandies of the world look Mizzou fans are gonna hate me but uh <laughs> no I I, just, <laughs> I I really do i think georgia's gonna win out uh but bamba again um i'm excited again November's here. This is when college football really gets a lot of fun. All
4: right, Jeff, Jerry, we have about 30 seconds to go. I just want to say you and Wes have gotten along a little bit better than you did the first time on the show. If you were in studio with us, would you smash a guitar over his head?
1: Oh God, I don't have to be in studio side of the street. walking. (laughs) He can come to my house. (laughs) He invites me to his house. It
2: doesn't matter. I got (laughs) to tuck my head right though, to take the bump properly.
1: I think you
4: could handle it. Hey,
2: You'll, Double J, Jeff have, Jarrett,
4: it is great to have okay. you on the program. Host of My World with Jeff Jarrett podcast with Conrad Thompson. Jeff, great have you on the program again. We're going to have you on again before college football season is over. I cannot wait. Thank Go you, Go big orange
5: next week. <laughs> See you guys. We're
4: back on v in just a moment.
3: This is Betting Across America on VSIN, the sports betting network.
4: Best sports betting season ever. Start your VSIN free trial today to get full access to our sports betting experts, including 24 7 video streaming, daily best bet emails, betting splits with the money, and ticket percentages on every game, plus full access to VSIN.com data and analysis. You get everything VSIN has to offer for only $22 per month. Sign up now at VSIN.com. Slash subscribe back here. Betting across America, Dave Ross alongside Wes Reynolds. Have you recovered from the the uh, the guitar that Jeff Jarrett was going to smash over your I, head?
2: I I have. I was a, I was a little woozy, but uh, took the bump properly at least. Very much safety first here on on betting across America.
4: All right, we're gonna we're gonna make this a much safer segment because we're gonna have Roxy Bernstein join us here, Pac-12 analyst and play-by-play host. And and Roxy, we understand that you actually have a rare week off is that actually correct are you not calling a game today I can confirm that
6: report whoever told (laughs) me that that is the truth I am off this weekend isn't
4: that nice
6: Uh, a little it it is but it isn't I feel weird like right now like I feel like I should be doing something to get ready for a game now I am going to go to a football game so I'm not completely off today and I'm going to go see my son play soccer so I get to play dad this weekend which I don't get to do during the course of the football season very much.
2: Well, it's good to have a week off, though, to recharge your battery. We were talking over the break before you came on. College basketball starting soon. He's got to recharge those batteries, Roxy Bernstein, with the big redhead (laughs) going on. So you kind of need that week off to brace yourself for what is the incoming storm that is Bill Walton.
6: (laughs) This is the calm before the storm, because the storm, it's going to come. You can't (laughs) avoid it. It's it's on the horizon. We can see it, and it's just a matter of, now, days away, almost.
4: Wow. And, Roxy, look, to your point here, again, it feels like for the Pac-12 in specifics, we've already started to turn the page a little bit to look ahead to basketball, but we still have a lot of football to play out here in the Pac-12. And I do wonder, are, are they again being the forgotten conference out of the power conferences because of Oregon's loss uh, that all of a sudden they go, all right, there's really no potential pathway to it to the college football playoff, so again, the Pac-12 kind of gets left behind, at least in, in the football uh, conversation?
6: Well, I, I disagree that there's no pathway to the college football playoff. If Oregon keeps winning, and they end up Pac-12 champions as a one-loss team, I think they're getting in. Um, you know, that, that win over Ohio State will still loom large, considering they want it on the road. They want it minus their best player, who could be the number one pick in the NFL draft. And keep in mind, their only loss was at Stanford in a close ball game where they didn't have their offensive coordinator, who was in the hospital, had emergency surgery. So I think it threw everything in an upheaval for Oregon. And I think the committee will take a look at that. But as long as Oregon keeps winning, they're going to be right there in that conversation. And a one-loss Pac-12 champion, and the Oregon Ducks, I think they'll be in. It's just a question of now. I think. They have to go for style points, right? They've been winning. It hasn't necessarily been pretty.
4: And, and Roxy, you you stole the the question right out of my mouth. That is, when you're laying the big number against Colorado tonight and you got to lay that 24-and-a-half, they say it doesn't matter, right? But Wes and I talk about it every week. It does matter. Style points do matter. So do you expect the Ducks to start rolling it up today against, well, let's be honest, a a bad Buffs team?
6: They they need to. And I'm with you. The style points do matter. Look, the committee, they're human. They're watching. They see. They know what's going on. And if a team is squeaking by and just winning, like, for example, Cincinnati yes, they're ahead right now, but they're struggling with Tulane. And that's not a team that they should be struggling with. So Oregon has to start looking impressive and doing it decisively. They have some key games coming up. Uh, They're still going to have a date with Utah. They play Oregon State, who's kind of taken the Pac-12 by storm a little bit, surprised everybody with how well they're playing. And they're at Cal today in a pivotal game, I think, for both programs. But, but Oregon has to start looking the part. If they're gonna be there in the college football playoff, in that final four group, they have to start looking the part and do it impressively.
2: So, uh and Roxy, not necessarily style points here, a factor, but a big favorite this afternoon down in Tempe, Sun Devils host in Washington State, and it just seems like. And I want to get your thoughts on this based on what you've seen with this Wazoo program. Look, that game against Stanford very emotional, and they knew Nick Rolovich that they were there was going to be a parting of the ways between the university and Rolovich. And then next last week against BYU, it's like okay, maybe they're going to let down here. They did not. They were right in the game with BYU until the very end. Now you got to go on the road to Arizona State. How much does Washington State have left here? That's a very good question.
6: And I, I'm anxious to see what there, what there is left in the tank, considering the emotional roller coaster they've been on the last few weeks. Jake Dickard, who has taken over as the interim head coach, is saying all the right things. And it appears the guys are rallying around him and responding to him. But with their college kids and they're going to have ups and downs. And you wonder mentally where they're at against a good Arizona state team that's coming off a bye. and Arizona state is still very much in play as far as the Pac-12 South race goes. So uh, I would expect a good effort from Arizona state and I'm with you, but just wondering where mentally this Washington state football team is heading into the game today.
4: All right. Talking with Roxy Bernstein, Pac-12 analyst and Roxy, I was in South Bend last week to watch Notre Dame against USC And I saw flashes, like when I watched Keaton Slovis play in person, I went, wow, kid's got a big-time arm. Feels like he could be on an NFL roster. And then I see the ball security and some other issues, and I go, wow, I can see why USC fired their coach and is having the problems that they're having. Now they got to lay over three touchdowns against Arizona. I just don't know what to make of this team, where they're going as a program. What do you make when you look at USC?
6: Well, I think it's a program searching for leadership right now. And Dante Williams has taken over as the coach is – A person that has been looking for this opportunity but everybody kind of knows that there's going to be a regime change after the year right that they're going to do a search Mike their ad they're going to find the next head coach for USC It, it doesn't appear that anybody on the current staff will be a part of it but in the meantime I think these kids got a lot to play for in terms of pride and they know they're better than this, the results that USC has been getting. The reports Jackson Dart may be available to play a little bit today at quarterback and if he's needed, but Keaton Slovis, as you mentioned, has been playing great. Look, they outgained Notre Dame last week. They've got talent, and you saw it. I mean, is there a better wide receiver in college football than Drake London? No. He is just a phenomenal football player and is going to be playing on Sundays. Is going to be a first-round draft pick. So the, the talent is there. It's just the scheme in the system has never really sat well with me that USC's tried to run the air raid. That's not what USC needs to do. And I, I think they're paying the price for it. And the next coach, I think, will have to have a strong plan coming in in terms of what they're looking for on offense because I don't think this air raid has sat well, not just with me, but with USC people.
2: Roxy, UCLA, Utah is the Pac-12 After Dark spot tonight at rice Eccles Stadium in Salt Lake. Utah lay in just under a touchdown six and a half and kind of a two-part question here not only what your thoughts are on this game but who do you believe of these three teams if you don't include USC in the mix there's kind of like three teams right at the top Utah Arizona State and UCLA two of them face off here who's the best team you've seen in the Pac-12 South so far
6: You know, you asked me last week, I probably have a different answer than I have today. And then if you ask me next week, I may have a different answer because that's the way Pac-12 South has gone this year, right? From week to week, we don't have a clue what's going on with that division. And look, UCLA battled Oregon tough last week at the heartbreaking loss to the Rose Bowl, where Utah maybe appears to be the best team right now. The, The run that they've been on, although then they go and lose to Oregon State. So... It, it, from week to week, it's hard to figure out. And then you also have to pay attention to Arizona State. Uh, I, I, in a lot of ways, I think this is a Pac-12 South eliminator game tonight. Whoever loses in Salt Lake City is probably on the outside. Um, and that's why it's so big. And this Utah team seems to be hitting their stride. But then they lose a tough one last week. So uh, from week to week, the whole Pac-12 South has been very difficult to figure out. All right, I uh, Here's with- what I can tell you. Colorado and Arizona are
4: not a part of (laughs) the (laughs) equation. Absolutely, Roxy. We can figure that one out for sure. Let's talk about Washington and Stanford a little bit because the tree's been an interesting team. Obviously, that big win they had on the farm earlier this year against Oregon. Washington, I think one of those disappointing teams that we thought more of than maybe what we've gotten so far. What do you look at when you look at this game specifically and what you've seen from these two teams so far this year?
6: Well, I think the main theme for me with the Stanford-Washington game tonight is it's an eliminator game as far as teams trying to get to a bowl game, right? If you lose tonight, Stanford State even makes it pretty darn near impossible to to play your way back into a bowl. So I I think that you'll get a good effort from both sides. Uh, Stanford clearly frustrated after losing to Washington State uh, a few weeks ago, and here they are after a bye week coming back. I think that helps them. And Washington's been a hard team to figure out all year. And as you alluded to, the disappointing season, Uh, they really got off to a bad start. They've had some quarterback issues, some inconsistencies there. And so to me, me, again, this is a game of who wants it more and who really values the opportunity to extend their season. And I, I think it's paramount for these teams to get a win if they're even thinking about going to a bowl game.
4: Yeah, going to be very interesting to watch all as well. Uh, Roxy Bernstein, always appreciate the time and the information. Enjoy your quote-unquote day off, but we know you're really not having a full day off.
6: No, no, I'm going to my kid's soccer game coming up in a bit. I'm going to take him to the Cal game, so I'm going to be busy.
4: Absolutely. Roxy, always appreciate the time. Uh, Very quickly, some score updates getting close to halftime uh, in East Lansing. And right now, Michigan has just catapulted back on top 20 to 14.
2: And Iowa does have one first down, but no points for the Hawkeyes.
4: They do have a first down. Come on back, Betting Across America, right here on v the Sports Betting Network.
3: This is Betting Across America on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network.
4: Before you make your next bet, be sure to visit vsin.com to check the current betting splits data. This new feature gives you insights on where the money and bets are moving for every game. You'll be able to see where the public is betting based on the number of tickets and where the money doesn't match the public opinion. Data is available for money-wide over-unders and against the spread bets. Betting splits are another way. VSIN is here to make you a smarter, better year-round. Check out today's betting splits for every game at vsin.com. Com. Back here betting across America. I am Dave Ross. What a great show we've had already. Roxy Bernstein joined us in the last segment talking about Pac 12. And Jeff Jarrett, double J, said he would smash a guitar over Wes Reynolds, my co host. Who head. wouldn't? That's what he said. I, <laughs> I like Wes. I, I think you do a great job. So that, uh, that puts uh, Jeff Jarrett
2: along the lines of about 99% of our viewership <laughs> and listenership that would love to smash me over the head. With some kind of foreign object,
4: we have gotten to halftime in East Lansing right now. It is twenty to fourteen, Michigan. Uh, your alma mater is coming back. They're only down fourteen ten right now as they're at halftime uh, in uh, in Maryland. And Wisconsin right now is going to have twenty nothing over Iowa. That over under because I just I'm intrigued by the load number thirty three and a half. Mm-hmm. So pre flop was what thirty six. Yes, so it's come down a little bit since only twenty points in that first half. And uh, very quickly Cincinnati. And this is what Roxy Bernstein was, was speaking of. You know, I, I said I, I didn't know if Oregon really had a pathway anymore to the college football playoff. And, and Roxy says, wait a minute. Teams like Cincinnati can't have squeaker losses. Right. They'll count that almost as a loss.
2: Well, just because they're number two in the polls does not mean they're going to be number two in the CFP rankings come Tuesday. And look, mm. not really doing themselves a lot of favors right, right now. It is 14 to 14-12 at halftime. Tulane's actually outgaining Cincinnati, 186 to 173. Desmond wow. Ritter has already thrown an interception. Tulane doing a nice job of ball control. They've had the ball for about two thirds of this first 30 minutes. So right now, 14-12 Cincinnati. We're starting to get some halftime prices: 12 and a half for the second half. So Cincinnati basically now a 14 and a half point favorite. 29 and a half the second half total, and then a couple other halftime lines before we move on. Wisconsin 20 to nothing over Iowa. 14 is the second half total, Wisconsin minus a half. Iowa does have a first down, so baby steps for this Hawkeye offense. But look, we said earlier in our analysis, they don't have an offensive identity, haven't shown it through the first 30 minutes in Camp Randall.
4: And boy, you're you're all over the Hurricanes today against Pittsburgh, and right now they're all over the Panthers 24-17, five minutes ago before halftime, and they're at the one-yard line at Pittsburgh, knocking on the door for more a third and goal there. So we'll keep a watchful eye on that. This
2: has been offense, 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 because right now oh Miami goodness. has 282 yards of total offense. Pitt, despite the fact that they are about to maybe go down two touchdowns as Miami does have second and goal, Pitt has 304 yards of offense. And just as I say that, Miami at 316, we already have over 600 yards of offense. We still got five minutes left to go in the first half, by the way. Wow. Kenny Pickett has thrown an interception already. Tyler Van Dyke has been the star of stars this freshman quarterback, uh, showing maybe they finally found their future quarterback down in Coral
4: Gables. I got to think again, and I know it's it's an individual word, and we, we talk about the Heisman Watch each and every Saturday here betting across America, but if Kenny Pickett throws a pick and they don't come back and win this game, I, I, I just think ed, that,
2: that problem. that's, that's it. That's it Done.
4: right at home. You can't yes. lose this game. I, again, we know it's an individual war to a
2: Miami team, especially that everybody in the national media says, Oh, Manny Diaz on the hot seat. They're going to get somebody at Coral Gables. That's kind of one of the reasons a little bit, not a big reason why I like Mississippi state tonight, because all of a sudden we're starting to hear that Mark Stoop speculation down right? to Miami. And it's like, well, hold the phone here. It's- you know, these kids are playing for Manny Diaz. And there is some young talent. There's a lot of freshmen, by the way, on this two deep right now.
4: Very quickly in the game of the day so far in the Big Ten with Michigan holding that six-point lead at uh, East Lansing, taking on the Spartans there. 34 points in the first half. Does that surprise you? We're seeing it, a lot of big plays. Maybe not sustained drives, but big scoring plays here. For yeah, both teams. it
2: does. And by the way, I think we have a scoring review on a potential defensive touchdown here. So we're going to have to hold the phone a little bit on the update. There is a 6 on the little score bug at the bottom of the oh. screen. I don't know if that touchdown is going to stand and in fact I do think it's not. So wipe that 6 off the board. 20 to 14, 131 remaining up there in the first half at Spartan Stadium. But yeah, I am absolutely surprised that we have seen this much scoring because look, the Big 10, we have seen a lot of these uh low scoring games, especially with when Iowa was involved and Wisconsin is involved, but we have seen big passing plays in this kid, Anthony, by the way, who was not supposed to be Michigan's star receiver, that was Ronnie Bell who got hurt the first game of the year. This kid's pretty darn good. a three-star guy, steps up, maybe not the most highly recruited guy. He had that big 93-yarder earlier Ooh. in the first
4: half. Uh, right now, Miami, again, they did t- attack on another touchdown. Again, this is the first half. 30-17, to 17, PAT pending right now. Miami all over Kenny Pickett and the Pitt Panthers. Uh, let's get to a couple of future potential plays here. And when you look at the odds to win the ACC, and the reason why I wanted to do this now, because Pittsburgh might not be in this conversation Mm -hmm. in about an hour from now. So right now, they are the odds on favorites to win the ACC. Subject to change, as Miami is right now holding onto that 13-point lead. Minus 140. Wake Forest, plus 300 here. Can you even imagine us having this conversation that Clemson... Would be ten to one. Right. I mean, it's the ACC has been absolutely flipped on side on top of its head because of the poor play of the Clemson Tigers. Mm -hmm. And so I look at this and I go, buy, sell, or hold, and we'll skip Pittsburgh because they're in progress right now and losing. Let's start with Wake Forest at plus three hundred, kind of knowing that Pittsburgh's struggling right now. They can still come back and win, but would you think all right, maybe I buy now with the trouble that I see Pittsburgh's in? Yeah, you look at the
2: schedule coming up for Wake Forest, and they're a little bit under 17-point favorites here later this afternoon against Duke. I did kind of hold my nose and take Duke in the points, thinking, you know, maybe Wake Forest uh, off putting that 70-burger up at Army. It was 70-56, to Wake Forest at Army against an Army team. I mean, when do you ever see that score with a triple-option offense? I mean, if they meet in basketball here in a couple weeks, that score might be lower (laughs) than what we saw uh, last week at Mickey Stadium up there at West Point, but... You get Wake Forest having Duke, who's obviously struggling. Duke comes off that shutout to Virginia. They had a bye week. Uh, is Coach Cutt going to stick around, or is he going to maybe be sent in a premature retirement? Mm. So, uh, you know, you would expect Wake's going to win that game. Then they have North Carolina, who you talk about a Jekyll and Hyde team. One week, they look spectacular, and one week, they look like a 500 team. And right now, they're 4-3. and three. Right. Sam Howell can really fling it, and he's a terrific quarterback, but... They can't stop anybody can't. like Miami, the first start for Ty, for Van Dyke, who's doing very well in Pittsburgh right now for Miami, the first start, they let him carve him, them up uh, first, a freshman first start on the road, usually a horrible spot for a team. And they carved North Carolina up and almost won the game, but then they get NC state on the 13th. I think that's a, obviously a big matchup. NC state did lose to Miami last week. So they've taken a step back. The schedule is going to get tougher the later you go. After today against Duke, you do got to go to Chapel Hill. Mm -hmm. You do have NC State at home. You do have to go to Clemson on the 20th, and then you close with a trip to Chestnut Hill. Who knows if uh, Phil Yurkovec, the Notre Dame transfer quarterback, will be back for BC and Jeff Happley up there. So, like, the ACC, it is really hard, and obviously – you don't really like Pittsburgh right now because no. they're down two touchdowns, albeit just four minutes left to go in the first half. So they could still win this game. And obviously, Miami not putting up a lot of resistance from a yardage standpoint as Pitt is already well over three hundred yards of offense. But look, I thought this was gonna be a shaky spot for him, and it absolutely is. And you got a Miami young team playing with a little confidence. So probably of these current prices, I would have to say the safest pick would be Wake Forest. Mm-hmm. At three to one, but I would almost maybe be looking at NC State. NC State is two and one, so Wake controls its own destiny. But NC State is kind of like right there, and NC State's already gotten through Clemson here. So you look at NC State's schedule; they got Louisville at home next week. NC State, or actually today, and then they have four, uh, go to Florida State, who's obviously cool. they've been struggling. Right. Then they go to Wake Forest on the thirteenth, and then you have. Uh, uh, Syracuse at home and North Carolina at home to close the season. So, you know, NC State probably of those four teams is the value play.
4: Uh, With what we're watching as we flip the script very quickly to the Big Ten and buy, hold, or sell there, obviously Ohio State now still the big favorite, uh, laying $2.50 here if you want to back the Buckeyes. Michigan plus 500. And again, we're not saying they're going to win this game here today in East Lansing, but Mm -hmm. boy, this would go a long way if you wanted to back fighting hardballs here to say, boy, I really like that price. When you see something going on in game and you see that the right now up 20 to 14, as you get closer and closer to hats would you be more apt to hop in or look at Wisconsin getting right? And I think right now you could kick Iowa right off that screen.
2: Yeah, I think uh, the West, uh, Wisconsin looks like every bit the team to beat right out there, but it's almost like, you buy Ohio State. Ohio State's found its groove. They're the best team. And look, uh, will Michigan hang on today in East Lansing? Up 20 to 14, about 30 seconds left to go. So... You know, it would probably be Ohio State or nothing for me. I think now they are proving that they are still the team to beat in this conference. By the way, I want to flip back to the ACC before we go to break Mm -hmm. here. One uh, point of context here. The Waken-North Carolina game that is coming up, this pointed out by Trip Tepper very aptly, that is a non-conference game. So, that will not affect the ACC standings when they meet here. So, that's just a rivalry game that, you know, wasn't part of the conference schedule this year. So wanted to bring that to the attention of the listeners
4: very smart, you should always uh, consider that before you make those future plays when we come back, maybe the balance of the Big Ten well, it's on display today we'll discuss when we come back with us it's Betting Across America right here on Vison.
5: the Sports Betting Network
2: This is Betting Across America on v the Sports Betting Network.
4: Discover what winning feels like at BetMGM. It's the best time to sign up because they're giving new customers a shot at their very easy $100. Register using the code v 100 and win $100 in free bets when you place a $1 money line wager on any college football game and either team simply scores a touchdown. No matter what your gridiron game is, BetMGM is always ready for all the action. Enjoy parlay, selection builders, daily promotions, boosted odds, specials, and much, much more. Download the app or go to BetMGM.com. Use the code Visa100 to win 100 bucks when you bet $1 on any college football game, and either team simply scores a touchdown. Only at BetMGM, the king of sportsbooks. New customer offer paid in pre-bets. Eligibility restrictions do apply. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Please gamble responsibly. If you have a problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in nevada alongside west reynolds i am dave ross this is betting across america right here on Beeson. and we have finally gone to the half in east lansing and more points for the wolverines before they go yeah
2: and we we're gonna have to wait for a break to check on the particulars i think there was a flag field goal was good to put michigan up nine we are still not at halftime Ooh. there so we'll wait to get you an updated price on that we do have three big 10 games that are at halftime wisconsin 20 to nothing all over iowa wisconsin minus a half for the second half at BetMGM. mgm 14 and a half year total so that of course wow. goes below the pre-flop that this closed 35 and a half uh uh, you never see a total that low, That's but amazing. I think it's for good reason. Yeah. Iowa has one first down. Just to put these uh, stats <laughs> in context, Iowa has 17 total yards and one first down. Wisconsin has 192 yards and 11 uh, first downs. Half of the yards, Graham Ernst, short passes. They're letting him throw the ball a little bit more today because Iowa's stacking the box on the run. Already three turnovers for Iowa, by the way, three fumbles lost. So. Yeah, Hawkeyes, a big leap of faith if you think that they're going to come back. Speaking of kind of coming back, Indiana was down 14-0 and starting a true freshman, Donovan McCulley, on the road at quarterback. Maryland minus one and a half for the second half, 24 the second half total. It is 14-10 Terps at the half, also 14-10 Illinois over Rutgers. Uh, Rutgers was somebody I played today because, look, I kind of just thought, You know, you go where the stink is when something kind of smells. It's like, why is Rutgers, who's lost four in a row off a bye week, a favorite at Illinois who just went into Penn State and won and didn't get lucky winning, by the way. They out-yarded Penn State by like 150 yards. But nevertheless, it is Illinois 14-10, to pretty even in the stat sheet right now. Second half, though, pick them. And 21 and a half is your total at BetMGM.
4: Uh, very quickly, Michigan did get that field goal. So it is 23-14, a couple, uh, a couple ticks to go before they go to halftime at East Lansing. I just want to get your thoughts when I look at the adjusted total now. 61 and a half. Did you ever think you see Michigan State and Michigan game where they put up 37 points here at halftime? 61 and a half. Doesn't this game have to slow down? to get to what we thought we were going to get to. But right now, you, big plays are ruling the day. You would think, but Michigan's
2: got 333 yards Michigan. in the first half, and it's not running. And this is, I think, a very good sign for Michigan, at least going forward, because it's been run, 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 top five rushing offense in the nation. Can they throw the ball? Man. They've absolutely thrown the ball today. Cade McNamara, by the way, 14-20 for 232 and a touchdown. Also, J.J. McCarthy, the true freshman out of IMG Academy, getting a couple reps. He's 2-2 two of two for 20 yards and a touchdown. Uh, the uh, the three-star recruit there, uh, uh, Mr. Uh, Andrell Anthony, Four catches, one thirty-four, and two touchdowns. Whew. Has stepped up, so it's like, okay, who's going to step up and make a play in the passing game? And he has been the one to do that. So this shows that Michigan isn't going to necessarily be one-dimensional, where they're going to be real conservative mm-hmm. and deliberate with the passing game, and you know, just kind of dink and dump here. Is uh, two seconds left. Peyton Thorne and Spartan's going to take a knee. So twenty-three to fourteen right now at BetMGM in the in-play minus nine and a half on the Wolverines, sixty and a half on the total. So look. I thought 51 was good on the under, and I think that was kind of the consensus. Consensus wrong right now. Michigan's going to get the ball, by the way, to start the second half in East Lansing.
4: All right, let's stay in the Big Ten, look at a couple uh, games getting ready to uh, kick off this afternoon. Let's start with with the late one here tonight, and that's Penn State against Ohio State. And we'll go back to Minnesota, Northwestern, and Purdue, and Nebraska. The reason why I want to start there is, boy, after what we saw with Penn State, and you lose in nine overtimes. I don't remember Ferris being sick nine times nine overtimes, and now you got to play Ohio State. So clearly last week you could say they were looking ahead, right? Mm. You, you you understand that logic, right? Well, now they're here. What do they have left? I mean, is there any resistance here when Ohio State's going to lay about 20, uh, almost three touchdowns here? Which way would you lean, Penn State or Ohio
2: State? There certainly hasn't been any resistance in the market because when you look, I think this opened, what, 15-and-a-half on Sunday? Right and, and and it has been one-way traffic on the Buckeyes. So, I'm not going to bet it because it's like I'm already late to the party, Yep, you know, and but I don't know if it's really going to matter because if you look at Penn State and I thought that there would be some buyback, maybe there's still going to be a little bit of time bit, right? for buyback to come if it gets to a, like a 21 or something like that. It's currently, I think, 19 and a half the market high here at BetMGM and some other stores, but at 21, you'd see some buyback, but I don't know if it's really going to come here. you got to wonder not only what you said about Penn State's mindset in terms of coming off that nine-overtime game. Sean Clifford, by the way, did not look 100%. No. And I think that was a lot of reasons, though, why they got out-yarded by almost 150 yards. Penn State defense gave up over 300 on the ground to Illinois. Illinois, you know, Brett Bielema kind of challenged those guys. The offensive he line did. hadn't been very good, and they responded to that right. challenge because they ran it right down Penn State's throat. So, that wasn't a fluky loss for Penn State, even though it was really weird in that nine overtime, the longest overtime now in NCAA FBS history. But, you look, Penn State going here, also, a lot of the coaching chatter is now emerging. James Franklin, and and look, uh, I retweeted it. I go, you know, is it like where there's smoke, there's fire? James Franklin has changed agent to CAA super agent Jimmy Sexton. So, it's like, if you're changing your representation, are you looking to make other changes in no. your career? You know, it's like those, uh, that CNC Music Factory
4: song, things that make you go, hmm. <laughs> what a great song. But it's a great point. I don't know why you would switch agents mid season, mid mm-hmm. season, by the way, mm-hmm. if you're not looking for a new job opportunity. Right. That logic does make sense.
2: I cannot confirm or deny that, uh, James Franklin is looking for beachfront property in Southern California on <laughs> Zillow. I cannot confirm no. or deny that. I suspect maybe that could be happening, but you know that's the thing—you don't know where the focus is going to be.
4: And the is kids ja- and the kids hear that, chatter, yeah, right. Like, so,
2: like, is James Franklin kind of thinking, "Man, you know, I can win here and win a lot of games at Penn State." but damn it, I got Ohio State in my division in the East Division. That's what I'm saying as an Indiana guy, for God's sakes. I'm like, is fourth our ceiling in this division? Because it's like, we can get a lot of dudes here in State College, but we can't get the dudes that they can get in Columbus because they can get them pretty much every position in every area, nook or cranny of the United States of
4: America. It is surprising to me that when you look at Penn State and what they've done this year, and they got off to the great start, and I go, well, they were 0-5 last year, right? Then you do lose to Illinois. I mean, that that's just inexplicable that you lose to Illinois. Mm-hmm. Okay. And you you lost to Iowa. Now that loss is looking even worse, right? As we go on, James Franklin? That's the that's the headline. That's the the, the name right. coach for USC. Like right. really, if you want to do the Janet Jackson, what have you done for me lately? I would say, look at James Franklin's recent resume. If he's updating mm-hmm. his agent, maybe they should update the resume. And I go, What's there that USC should go, yeah, this is the guy we want. Right,
2: exactly. So that's why you're seeing all the speculation of some of these uh, other coaches. And, look, time is going to tell. There's going to be all kind of names thrown right, out right, right, because right. it's USC. So there's going to be all kind of names. I mean, look, Mike Tomlin's name got thrown out he this weekend. Like no, he did not. He goes, why the heck would I leave the Pittsburgh Steelers, and why would you? It's a great job to in to all go college, professional to,
4: sports. To go recruit kids and living. in Yes, them.
2: exactly. Yeah. It's like – you know it's like i'm not leaving until they change my key fob and have cardboard <laughs> boxes in my office where it's like okay i better uh, i better skidoo here so uh you know uh i mean it was it was a switch i think it just came out last week but apparently franklin might have made these Wow. Uh, this switch over the summer, but it did just come out last week. So, you know, I do think that there's at least a little bit of something to that. I don't want to say that 100%, no. but you do wonder about Penn State's focus.
4: Absolutely. And I think that's why. And you make this point all the time. You don't want to be in front of that bus that is Ohio State right now with all the turmoil that Penn State has. You understand why that number has been up, been, uh, been bent mm-hmm. up so much. So far, during the course of this week, I loved Penn State a week ago. I hate them now.
2: Yeah, I mean, look, I'm not going to bet Ohio State here because I'm not. I think that's a generally bad practice right. to chase a number. You know, if it if, if it moved like a point or a point and a half like or something, four, no big points. deal. Yeah, but I think you're late to the party. Wait for an end game here. If you like Penn State, obviously wait. You're probably going to get the apex at kickoff.
4: Yeah, absolutely. And again, uh, right now in the Big Ten, Michigan does lead Michigan State. 23-14 at halftime and still waiting for points from Iowa. Remember, it wasn't that long ago. They were the second ranked team in the country. In we're, the country. And they can't get a yard.
2: Yeah, I, I think we're gonna we're gonna be waiting. Uh the waiting is the Ooh. hardest part for Hawkeye fans today to just get a point. They waited it out for a first down, they so did. and they are punting the football here. So still twenty to nothing. Just three minutes into the second half, all Badgers.
4: And third quarter right now, Cincinnati only with a two-point lead over Tulane, so we'll keep a watchful eye on that. When we come back, I've never been there, but they say the world's greatest outdoor cocktail party is a lot of fun. Georgia, Florida will break down when you come back with us right here. Betting Cross America on Visa the Sports Betting Network.